Guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. Today we celebrate the solemnity of our Lord's ascension into heaven, the conclusion of his presence on earth as he steps into his role as the ruler of the kingdom handed over to him by his father. Jesus ascends and is setting in place what you might call a new normal. That everything that up to the point of his death and resurrection that had been, that had been set in place and was firm and well-known and even taken for granted has been, has been shifted and changed. Of course, we speak primarily of the reign of death itself that his resurrection has completely overturned. But now, the covenant people and the, their style of life, their, the way that they go about their work, the way that they follow and remain faithful to this covenant is being shifted. Because now, that covenant people is composed of not just Jews. They are to go to people of every nation, to the whole world, to the whole human race, and propose to them resurrection faith. That's a drastic change. So too, the ending of the law and the perpetual offering of sacrifices of animals for sins in the temple, all of that has come to a close. Now a new normal takes place in which his body and blood becomes the way that his covenant people participate in the forgiveness of sins and the new life that he's offering to them. And above all, the gift of the Holy Spirit poured out into the hearts of believers, making them a temple, making them a place where God dwells in the world. This, mark, this sort of turning point in the history of the church and salvation history is an opportune moment for us because there's a lot of, of talk and a lot of shifts that are taking place to get back to what, to what we are accustomed to referring to as normal. We're seeing some of the changes taking place uh, post-pandemic as the vaccinations are spreading. And we're given a chance to take up our life as it, as it used to be. And I'd like to reflect about that in the context of the ascension today and the new normal that our Lord is promising, commanding and promising as he speaks to his disciples, sending them out into the world. So I'd like to talk about it in just a couple of senses. First, the practicalities of how we will kind of return to the normal order of, of business here in church. It was my intention today to announce that on the solemnity of the body and blood of Christ, the first weekend of June, uh, which coincides as well with the lifting of the dispensation from Sunday Mass, we will be also lifting the requirement for masks here in church. So we want to give you a chance to prepare for that and make plans for that. It was my intention today to also announce that we would be uh, removing those, those spacers in the pews, but it appears they've already been taken out, so <laughs> I guess that's, that's done. Uh, I wanted to give you some warning about that in preparation, but um, I, hope, I hope that's not an issue for any of you. But my intention is here to give everyone a chance to prepare and to make plans uh, so that this isn't hitting us by surprise. So, as, as you may be reading in the bulletin, the Sunday Mass obligation returns the weekend of, of June 5th and 6th. 
which is the feast of the body and blood of Jesus. And that means those without an impediment have an ordinary obligation of coming to Mass every Sunday, as was always the case prior. For, those, for this last year or so, we've had a dispensation where we didn't have to attend Sunday Mass. Now, if there is still a health risk, if you're part of that vulnerable population and coming to Sunday Mass is still an issue for you, you are dispensed. As your pastor, I can give you that dispensation. But for most of us, it's now time to return on a regular basis to the Sunday Eucharist. And this is something I hope that we're longing for, to bring back our brothers and sisters around this altar of sacrifice and to be nourished together in communal prayer and sacramental grace. But effective immediately, um, at daily Mass, which is a much smaller group of people, masks are no longer required. So that's effective now. Masks will be optional starting in the first weekend of June at Sunday Mass, but from here on out at daily Mass, masks are optional. We have plenty of room to spread out um, during that day. And I would invite those who are not yet ready to come to Sunday Mass because of their health risks to consider coming to weekday Mass. There's, there's plenty of room to spread out and to be, to be um, especially mindful of the uh, possibility of transmission of, of illness. However, for all of us, I do ask that regardless of where, whether we're wearing our mask or not during Mass, that when you come forward to receive communion, that you do remove your mask before you receive, consume the host in front of the minister, and then replace your mask. Um, I know sometimes maybe there can be pressure to rush that moment and to be efficient about it, but I just want to, again, give you permission to take your time. That's a sacred moment where you're receiving our Lord in the Eucharist. I don't want to, if I'm giving you a, a, a nonverbal signal to hurry up, ignore it. <laughs> okay? I'm, I'm here to facilitate your encounter with, with Jesus. So take your time. Don't feel rushed. Don't feel as if you have to consume the host as you're walking back to your pew. It would be better to receive it right there before you replace your mask, if you are going to replace that. So, if there's any questions or concerns about that, please do, please do let me know. But that, that will hopefully give us something like a resemblance of what, what was normal before, to be able to return to that. But do so, doing so in good order and with respect for those um, who do still have those vulnerabilities of health. However, I, I would like to reflect about what getting back to normal means in, in a deeper sense here in the context of, of our Lord's ascension. This concerns us, this concerns us because we have a, sort of a way that we've grown accustomed to about how the church functions, about how the church proceeds. And I would say, if by normal and getting back to normal, we mean getting back to the state of the church prior to the pandemic, I would hold that we have no business getting back to normal. This implies that the way things were going in the church before the pandemic was going well. We can't forget, we can't forget that normal was that in the Catholic Church over the last few decades, we have seen a precipitous decline in the practice of the faith. And if that's normal, we can't go back. We look at the statistics of low mass attendance, 
Barely a quarter of Catholics attend Mass on Sundays on a regular basis. Drastic reductions in the numbers of baptisms, marriages, conversions to, the, to Catholicism, a drastic reduction in the number of, yes, funerals, Catholic funerals. Graduates of our Catholic elementary schools and high schools and universities showed no appreciable differences in terms of their religious and moral beliefs vis-a-vis the wider culture. Nor do Catholics in general, regardless of their educational background, differ significantly from the wider culture on major moral questions like the use of artificial contraception or the practice of divorce. This is a great concern. If that's normal, we have no business getting back to normal. We need a new normal. And on this Feast of the Ascension, on this solemnity, let's tap into the power that Jesus is offering his church to create a new normal. If we think that we don't have the ability to do this, I would contend that's not the case. We most certainly do have the ability, not only because of God's gifts, but also even on a human level. Oftentimes what we lack is motivation. Let's consider the history of the church in the last 20 years. Let's look at the way the church responded to another crisis, the crisis of the abuse scandal. Back in 2001, when all of those revelations were being made by the Boston Globe, the church pivoted very quickly. In a relatively short time, policies were created and put in place and implemented that virtually extinguished what abuse was taking place in the church and in the Catholic priesthood. The fact is, That work is, of course, never done, but the church has become a global leader in the protection of children in our institutions, in our schools. Despite what you hear in the news and the entertainment industries, whatever stereotypes are being thrown at the Catholic priesthood and the Catholic church in general on this question no longer apply, if they ever did. Now, there's going to be still a great deal of work that's going to be necessary to address and face this crisis and to root it out in all of its, in all of its sinfulness and evil and hurt. But I bring up that example because it's a clear case of the church being very motivated to not allow normal to continue and create a new norm. There's tremendous ability in the church to pivot when there's a problem in front of us, and we have the motivation to fix it, as we did in that particular case. So I don't think there's any reason why we can't bring that same determination to our preaching, our prayer, and the practice of the faith. After all, these were the very things that the Holy Spirit was given to us in order to accomplish, accompanied, of course, by signs of power, Signs of power. Now, 
Some of these signs of power that we hear in the gospel reading today speak about the driving out of demons. Well, spiritual warfare is taking place every single day, very dramatically in in the practice of, of exorcism, which does happen and is needed, but also in the spiritual warfare and practices of deliverance as all of us face attacks from evil and invoke the protection of the Lord and his precious blood over us. The sign of speaking new languages, of course, has been carried out down through the centuries of the church, first through the speaking in tongues, but also through the learning of new languages to carry the faith into new realms, new new places, to preach the gospel to those who don't, don't even have the capacity to understand the language of the scriptures. And these, these promises of picking up serpents and drinking deadly things, well, has been interpreted in other parts of the scripture to mean being able to face errors in teaching and not be distracted by them. To be able to engage with a a culture that has been poisoned by false understanding about who the human person is, who God is, what society is meant to be, and to be able to, to face those with confidence in the truth and the word of God. And of course, the healing of the sick. It takes place regularly in miraculous ways. Every time a saint is canonized, it means there's been a verified miracle with no medical explanation or no scientific explanation for something that's, that's taken place and has been investigated as a miracle. Of course, then we carry on the work of, of healing in our hospitals and the creation of, of places where the sick and ailing are cared for. But Signs accompany the preaching of the gospel. This is what the Holy Spirit promised to us is meant to do. And the saints down through the ages have charged ahead, confident in that power, not in their own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit to bring about the work that God wants in his church and among his people. So I don't, I don't want to leave you with the sense that Father Nick's just complaining about the past or being negative about the future. I don't want to do that. That's not my goal here. That does not increase the vigor of anyone's faith. I'm asking us that instead of simply setting our sights on returning to the status quo of what is familiar to us, the ways in which we have been operating both as a wider church and here as a particular parish, that the setbacks of this pandemic can inspire us on how we can grow. Fact, this is a golden opportunity to change, to revitalize, to reshape and form how we preach the power of Christ's saving love, how we bring Christ to people and people to Christ and create a new normal in the power of the working of the Holy Spirit. So to this end, I want to I want to give you all a heads up and ask for your help. To this end, I would like to begin a process here at Christ the King. I don't know what I'm going to call it. Let's call it re-coronation. I would like to begin convening our our staff, our key leaders, our school families, our motivated parishioners, both those that are here and that we see and those that are not here that we don't see 
to begin praying over and listening for the ways that the Holy Spirit is giving us a chance to redefine what our new normal is going to be post-pandemic. It's time for us to listen to the Word of God and the living tradition of the church and in prayer, the voice of the Holy Spirit himself to reimagine and reshape our catechesis, our education, our worship, our funding, our service of the poor and vulnerable. In other words, our witness. I want to know who are the people here, Christ the King, that are motivated to respond to this golden opportunity and to step into the breach and discover our new normal together? Who is it that has those inspired visions? Who can speak up? Who can follow through? Who's rooted in prayer, in the Word of God, in the living tradition of the church, and capable of bringing other people along with them? Has the Lord inspired you in some way with a vision for what he has in store for this church, even if it's just in the one area that you're looking at or that you're aware of or that you're interested in and that you care about? And if you're not one of those people, can you help connect us with those who are? This is going to be a process that's going to, I would guess, involve some radical decision-making about who we are as, a, as the family of God, as his covenant people, and how to rekindle a great love for God and to shape our parish and our school into saint-making enterprises infused with a love for Jesus and the Eucharist and for the Holy Trinity. I don't have a lot of details about this yet, but I want to put this before you so that we can begin praying and thinking about it. Let's begin in prayer today, asking him for the gifts of zeal, of prudence, and of wisdom to receive the gift of a new normal from the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.